I'm Sean McCormick, and this is Optimal Performance. We have managed to overcomplicate the hell out of everything instead of giving people a really simple starting place of an omnivorous, nutrient-dense, whole food diet. But even the national board does not require that a health coach certification actually teach nutrition science. There's not a hundred valid diets, sorry. And there's not one iota of help coming out of their doctor's office. They're given a diagnosis, they're given some blood work, they're given a script, and they're told, told they need to go lose 20 pounds. No one's paying attention to the fact that obesity and weight gain is actually a symptom of an underlying problem. That everyone is Laura Rupsis, and she is the host of Health Coach Radio. She's a CrossFit affiliate owner and trainer, a nutrition and health coach, and primal lifestyle resource. Laura is committed to coaching others into a healthy, real food, holistic lifestyle that best suits the unique metabolic and lifestyle needs of each individual. And Laura is one of the trainers at the Primal Health Coach Institute. I think she's a lot like us, people who are interested in health optimization, who want to make it their career. I mean, that's me, I'm sure that's a lot of you listening right now, people who are interested in finding roads to optimal performance that should, of course, include education and nutrition and awareness of how to live your best life. And in this episode, we talk all about some of the old paradigms of health coaching certification and what they do specifically at the Primal Health Coach Institute. In this episode, we talk a lot about some really basic and also some demystified awarenesses around optimal health. I think you're going to love it. As always, you can find me at McCormick on Instagram or at seanmccormick.com. If you feel like it, leave me a five-star review and hit the subscribe button. As you know, this is a free podcast, so anytime you feel compelled to support our sponsors, that means a lot to me, and it makes this podcast possible. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Laura Rupsis. And I'm here with Laura Ropsis from Primal Health Coach. Welcome to the Optimal Performance Podcast. Thank you, Sean. I'm excited to be here. Uh, rattle, rattle off all of these certifications because I think bona fides and credentials are, are super important. So list them all for everybody. Yeah, wow. Okay, so I started down this path 12 years ago. I spent 25 years in finance. And when I made this switch, I felt I needed a credential, which is something that comes up a lot. And so I started with my first health coaching certification at the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. That wasn't complete enough. So then I joined the Primal Health Coach Institute. I also got my CrossFit certification because I wanted to open a box that was going to be my bridge out of finance into health and wellness full time. So I opened a CrossFit gym with my husband and another friend. And in that endeavor, I also joined MoveNet because I wanted a cross training modality that worked well in terms of proper human function and movement that was different than CrossFit. When I closed my box, I then got my certified personal trainer certification through uh, NASM, the National Association of Sports Medicine. I also have a like a keto mastery certification thrown in there too, because a lot of the people that are drawn to me now that I am 52, a lot of the people in my age range have some sort of metabolic dysfunction for whom sort of a whole food, lower carb diet does really well for. And I felt I needed to understand, of course, the intricacies of that. A lot of times when we enter this space, we become lifelong students and just geeks and nerds on all the things and details. So I'm a 
fitness nut several times over, health coaching and nutrition nut several times over. And now I'm helping to certify and inspire and encourage others to get out there and do it too. Well, that's that's at the core of what we're going to be talking about today, which is to make your passion your career and your and to which is a hard thing to do. And let me, you know, let me be the first to tell you that when I got out of the corporate world like you did to start my own, you know, you you started a CrossFit gym, I started a flotation therapy center chain and it's because I cared about helping people and health and wellness and relaxation and consciousness exploration and recovery and um i think a lot of people have their nine to five and they're fit and they work out and they watch what they eat and they look great and they feel great and their friends ask them all sorts of questions because they look so good and they're so happy and energetic but they they keep thinking of it as a side gig it's like well maybe someday i'll get into coaching maybe someday i will get some sort of certification that will help me actually make my interest align with my career and the way that I feed my family. And that's such a hard bridge to gap, such a hard gap to bridge, flip it. So we're going to be definitely talking about that today, but I, I, I have to tell you, I'm just going to blow some, some more smoke up your ass, 52 and you look 38. And what I think people, the, I think people need to understand is there is a distinction between theory uh, in health and wellness uh, and practice and consistency. And when you are, when you look good and feel good and have high energy and you're living out the tenets of the, of the knowledge that you have and sharing that with others, I think it's a, it's a, it's a testament to putting your money where your mouth is and not just being theoretical. So, um, I think I'm, I'm, I'll probably blow smoke up your ass a couple more times today because your your credentials are so impressive. But we'll just we'll just we'll pause that for for right now. I want to I want to really kind of start with an edge here um, because I think I want to grab people's attention. When I think of health coaching certifications, um, I wonder how many are out there and what the hell are they teaching? Are they teaching the food pyramid or my plate? You know, like what what are most health certification organizations really focused on and and why that's inadequate in 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 a grow in a world growing with diabetes and heart disease and all this stuff like please as much as you feel comfortable poke holes in other sort of health coaching paradigms yeah so i do this every day because I'm talking yeah. to people that are curious about health coaching. And those that have done their research have some very thoughtful questions. And I've had to go do my homework on a lot of this stuff. So at last count, there were over 420 some health coach certifications on the market. Okay. When I first started down the, this path, when I was researching my own, maybe there were 10. You know, there's hundreds now, over 400 now, of which... 130-ish are approved at the National Board for Health and Wellness Coaching, which is a reasonably new organization that came to market to try to put in some sort of like minimum standard for health coaching, because health coaching is an unregulated industry. We are a non-licensed profession by choice. We could seek licensure if we wanted to, and that's probably another discussion. We, As health coaches, generally speaking, 
as a profession, we want to remain unlicensed. There are some internally that think that would be beneficial. I don't want to run into the limitations and the problems RDs and MDs are facing right now. People that are stuck inside a state licensure program or, or profession, we don't want to be licensed. So we are non-licensed. And so because of that, there's a tremendous variety in terms of veracity and depth and breadth of any training program out there. So there's no standardization at all whatsoever. One way to kind of at least narrow that is take a look at who's approved at the national board because they have at least some minimum standards. But even the national board does not require that a health coach certification actually teach nutrition science. Today's episode is brought to you by Primal Health Coach Institute. Created by the godfather of the paleo and primal movement, Mark Sisson, with the mission to develop highly skilled health coaches who can make their passion for health a fulfilling and abundant career. The Primal Health Coach Institute is a program renowned for offering the most in-depth and up-to-date ancestral health education in the world. It doesn't just create health experts, it certifies health coaches who are true catalysts for behavior change by providing robust coaching education that empowers you to coach with confidence. What I think is one of the most important aspects of the Primal Health Coach Institute is business knowledge and marketing resources that ensure their certified Primal Health Coaches have the best business know-how and marketing resources to thrive in the wellness industry. Go to primalhealthcoach.com forward slash optimal performance and use the code OPTIMAL25 for 25% off tuition. That's primalhealthcoach.com forward slash optimal performance and use the code OPTIMAL25 for 25% off tuition. Go check it out. Hmm. Or actually teach any kind of health sciences at all whatsoever, not required, because what they're concerned about is your training, your health coach training in terms of behavior change, habit change, psychology, client-centered focus. They also have some concern about health coaches remaining in their lane, uh, meaning that we're not veering into the works of other licensed professions where we don't belong. We don't want health coaches practicing medicine, for example. Okay. There are some states in the U.S., I'm using U.S. as an example, about half the states have some sort of licensure around nutrition therapy and advice they call it dietetics and from state to state to make it even murkier, it's all legally different from every state and how they define it. But they have, they've got these like defined services and roles that only RDs can use. So it's, it's, you know, the national board is kind of trying to thread the needle. So even some of the programs at the national board don't teach any of that stuff. All they're teaching is coaching, which is great. We want to be great coaches, but what makes you a health coach exactly? So from school to school, they're all going to have their own sort of personality, philosophy, depth, kind of focus. Some are really just prep courses for the national board. So be aware of that, you know, and, and I, don't, I don't know how they do that because the national board changes their test every year. So I don't know how you can be successful in prepping people to take the test if it changes every year, but, but there are those on the market. But to your question, there are many that are strictly teaching the conventional nutritional sanctioned nutritional my plate kind of a concept. Many are teaching the nutritional sort of guidelines around the DASH diet and those various diets that are sanctioned by 
the um, American Diabetes Association or the American Heart Association, stuff like that. Then there's can others I, that, oh, go ahead. Yeah. What is the DASH diet? So the DASH diet was in the Ornish diet. It's Dr. Ornish basically came, it's mostly a plant-based, very low fat kind of nutritional approach to treat heart disease. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thesis behind it is that the underlying cause of heart disease is cholesterol and that we need to now not eat cholesterol or saturated fat because the belief that that is the driver in elevated cholesterol in the blood. So in order to reduce elevated cholesterol levels in the blood, we need to not eat it. Never mind the fact that 80% of the cholesterol in your blood is actually just produced by your liver and doesn't have a whole lot to do with how much cholesterol you're eating. That's actually driven by sugar that you're eating. So they tend to skip over that part. Please. Okay. Um, And look, the pharmaceutical companies are perfectly happy with that because they can sell their statin drugs to all those people that are on the DASH diet. I'm not alluding to the fact that Dr. Ornish is in the pocket of big pharma. I'm not, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that it's a mutually beneficial Hmm. narrative. Hmm. Thanks for letting me digress and and offshoot there because I... Yeah. So, okay. So, so, okay. Keep going. Sorry. So look, you're going to have some uh, programs that really cater to the plant-based market. There are programs out there that um, don't teach any one diet. There is no one diet for all humans, which we agree with actually. So here's a hundred different diets that you should be aware of. There's not a hundred valid diets. Sorry. What a colossal waste of time, in my humble opinion. I took one of those programs, actually. And my my first approach was like, well, my clients are probably going to ask me questions about these diets, Should I? so I should know about them. That's like happened once. <laughs> That's like happened once where someone was like, what do you think of this acid alkaline diet? To which I was able to say, I learned about that diet. And it sounds really compelling. Unfortunately, the science isn't true. And it's been mm. debunked. And let me tell you why. Um, so I learned all about why the diet was awesome in my program. And then I had to learn about how it really wasn't awesome and how it was debunked in my, on my own time. Um, so there's, there's a lot out there that really isn't backed by, and I almost hate to use this term, but like evidence-based science. And I don't mean like peer reviewed, double blind, placebo controlled trials. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about nutritional theories that are actually rooted in how the body works and functions and understanding basic human biology and what our actual organs and glands do. And that's really what we teach. We don't teach a diet. Primal is a philosophy. And there's some general nutritional tenets that hold true for all humans. But even in my household, We're no longer a household of six, thank goodness. I'm a household of four. I just have my last two still home with me. But I got two nine-year-old twin girls, my husband and myself. I do one set of grocery shopping. So we eat predominantly the same things, but my husband eats more than I do. He tolerates dairy. I don't. You know, my girls can tolerate certain things. I can't. But we all still eat a primally aligned approach. And that sort of primally aligned philosophy is rooted in what I would call an ancestral evolutionary biology point of view. Why does the body work the way it does? What can we glean from the human experience, the human body and our genome over thousands of years of just adaptation 
that can lead us to understanding why it's behaving the way it's behaving today. Mm. That's sort of what we teach you. And that's where we're coming from rather than these artificial, you know, diets that have been preached for decades that really don't work because chronic illness is still rising. Obesity is still rising. Outcomes are getting worse and people are getting sicker at a younger age. Yeah. Right. So something's not working, but there's a lot of people whose professional reputations and entire businesses are built on a false model. Um, And then there's programs that just don't, again, they just don't address it at all. They're deeply rooted in just behavior change and some basic eat clean and healthy habits, uh, but they don't really get to the root of what's actually going to drive the body to do what it needs to do in order for the client to accomplish their goal. I think that's a really important point that that there is no one panacea diet that works for everybody. And and I think the hard part is, is that people who have tinkered around with their own biology, who have tried different things, maybe they've done some food allergy diets, maybe they've done some, you know, uh, some real exploration to figure out what works best for them at that point in their life. And those people have made it a lifestyle, you know, they've made it a hobby, they've made it an, an area of focus. And so for someone who's for many of the people listening right now who have kind of figured out what works best for them, they stay away from gluten, they stay away from dairy, they eat more protein, um, and then they have their loved ones come to them and say, hey, you know, should I eat one gram? Well, they don't ask that question. What they ask is, you know, you're doing so good. You look so good. You look so healthy how, what should I be eating? Should I go plant-based? And this is very close to home for me because it's, you know, people that, people that I know that I love too. And, and what the hard part is, is that they have, they know what works for them, but they may not have the models or the protocols to be able to help other people figure out what's right for them. They know what's right for themselves, but Mm -hmm. not for their loved ones. And, And that's, that's, I think, what what is at the crux of what's most important about what you're doing is helping people help other people, right? Right. One hundred percent, right. Which is why it's not like here's the primal diet. It's here's how the human body works. Here's broadly speaking what protein does and why we need it. Here are different sources of protein on a hierarchy of what's the most biolly available in terms of what is adequate protein. Wow, there's lots of things to consider. How old is this person? What are their energy needs like? What kind of recovery are they trying to handle? You know, what are their goals? All these other things. What do carbohydrates do? They're not all bad. Depends on the person. There's different sources of carbohydrates. Fiber is a carbohydrate, but really it doesn't count towards calories, but hey, What's your gut microbiome like? What do you know about your own digestion and how well you're going to be able to tolerate these certain, like, this is why your friends and family are asking questions about this stuff. We have managed to overcomplicate the hell out of everything instead of giving people a really simple starting place of an omnivorous, nutrient-dense, whole food diet as much locally grown in season food as you can find, right? If we can keep it close to home and what's in season, even better. But plants and animals work for most people. Some whose gut has been completely destroyed, I've seen do really well without plants for a while. Some I've I've seen do really well on plant-based 
for a little while. I think either extreme can actually be a great elimination diet, but I do find most people end up coming back to the middle of a balance of both. And what that balance is for each person in terms of what's in their wheelhouse is very personal. It's very individualized, you know, um, same thing with fats, you know, um, that's what, that's one of the things that when I started my own keto journey, I found really confusing, um, in terms of how much fat, what types of fats at one point, is it too much? Why can't I lose weight? I don't know, because you're consuming 2000 calories and fat. And that's on top of like everything else I'm eating that day. Hmm. It does. Calories do matter. Oh my gosh something to consider. But calories only matter when you're not your meals aren't doing their job. They're not satiating. You don't have the micro and macronutrients set up in a way that allow your body to naturally settle into normal hunger versus satiety like um flow and paradigm. You know, we've, mm. we've managed to break that. And that's why calories matter because our hunger signal never got, gets shut, shut off because we're eating the wrong things. So mm. quality matters. There's, there's so many aspects to this and you can go to market as a health coach with a particular point of view and look to serve a particular niche, a particular audience that, you know, would resonate well with your past experience, what worked well for you. Or, you know, after, which is kind of what I do now after 10 years, but I, I find myself in a position now where I'm working with people that are outside that niche because I, they've been referred to me by people that were inside like my target sort of niche. And I've been doing this long enough that I can help those people now too. But there's a lot of individual nuance to this that that then leads me to that initial point like you you kind of have to understand how the body works and basic human biology and biochemistry and it's the biggest differentiating factor between our program and almost all of them today's episode is brought to you by ag1 i first heard about ag1 on other podcast sponsorships like joe rogan experience and it really is the number one go-to to cover your bases for nutrition I take AG1 first thing in the morning. It's part of my morning routine. I wake up, I head downstairs, put one scoop of AG1 in about eight ounces of water. I shake it up and I chug it down. And I know that my nutritional bases are covered. The things that have the greatest impact on your health are the things that you can do every single day and you can stay really consistent with. And for me, AG1 ticks that box. I do it every single morning. I travel with it and I know that my nutritional bases are covered. Since I've been drinking AG1, I can tell after about 15 or 20 minutes that my body starts to wake up, my brain starts to wake up and it really starts my day off on a really high note. So if you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drink AG1 com forward slash OPP. That's drinkag1.com forward slash OPP. Go check it out. It's become clear to me. Well, it was clear a long time ago that if you have Western medicine is really great for traumatic accidents, right? You don't, you don't want to be anywhere else in the world. If you're mm -hmm. in a car accident, you want to be in the States where we can help you recover, you know, emergency surgery, etc. But when it comes to performance optimization, when it comes to health optimization, health span, lifespan, 
we are woefully underserved in the Western world. You do not want to go to your general practitioner and ask them what to eat because they don't know. And I've heard it a thousand times that in order in order to get your MD, there's something like four hours of nutrition education in the entire sort of entire certification to become a medical doctor. And that four hours is probably now based on my plate. It used to be based on the food pyramid where you are packing yourself with grains <laughs> as the sort of foundation for your nutrition. And so I believe that in the realm of biohacking and personal optimization and health optimization and performance optimization, that there is an important role for this podcast, your podcast, and nutrition coaches, health coaches, to help people figure out what to do because there is that your doctor can't help you. Your doctor certainly can't help you. Maybe you can speak to that. Yeah. You know, we we speak with a lot of doctors on our podcast who fully embrace the fact that doctors treat illness and that's what they know. Unfortunately, they're treating it with here's the script, right? Here's the, the um, pharmaceutical. Um, they don't work in wellness. They don't, they don't actually know health. They know illness. Um, mm -hmm. Health coaches know health. So that's, the, I think, the biggest difference is doctors, I'm sure at one point they were. Hundreds and hundreds of years ago, doctors were trained how to keep their patients healthy and could give advice on how to stay out of my office. Today, they're not. They are not trained how to actually produce a healthy human. They're trained how to treat the whack-a-mole symptom that is presented with them in that eight-minute clinical visit now. That is the system that many doctors find themselves in today. We've talked to Dr. William Davis. We've talked to Dr. Uh, Tro. He's another one who's big and on like Twitter and social media about the problems with the medical profession. I mean, I, I follow all of those guys, you know, Dr. Hyman, all of them. Um, who's the other really big one cardiologist that I'm thinking of that's... Um, been really big lately too that just came out with another book but there's any number of them Peter T is another big one oh my there's so many of them right that have realized that the conventional medical paradigm and those doctors that are still working in conventional medicine are never educated on health everything they learn is about illness how to treat the illness and here's the pharmaceutical health coaches can't play in that game that's not what we're trained for and this is what I tell my clients too. Okay, so I, let's say I've got a, a woman coming in. She's my age. She's in her 50s. She's had a couple of kids now. She finally has some time to actually devote to her own health. She's likely got some sort of hypo, um, thyroid issue. I feel like that's everybody, some sort of sluggish thyroid. They've got some sort of blood sugar dysregulation if you, issue if they aren't already insulin resistant. They have the symptoms of it. And, oh, I've been diagnosed with high blood pressure. I've been diagnosed with high cholesterol and I've got to lose 40 pounds. And there's not one iota of help coming out of their doctor's office. They're given a diagnosis. They're given some blood work. They're given a script and they're told, told they need to go lose 20 pounds because the weight is the problem. It's that's what we're treating as obesity. No one's paying attention to the fact that obesity and weight gain is actually a symptom of an underlying problem. And so what I'm talking to my clients about is we're going to let your doctors deal with your illness. Okay, we're going to focus on your wellness. And I am going to give you the education you need when you need it. 
in order to understand why a certain behavior or choice or habit is going to benefit you. I'm going to provide you with the resources to actually take on that behavior in the right time, in the right order, at the right pace, so that you can actually be successful with it, gain the confidence you need to repeat it over and over and over again until it becomes a habit. And now we're going to continue to stack those habits. And the next thing you know, you have all of these habits that healthy people exhibit that now lead you to become healthy and your illness goes away. And we never once focused on treating your illness. What we focused on is restoring what you need to be well. That's the difference. That's everything. Let the body do what it was designed to do. Bring it back to homeostasis, you know, get quality inputs, quality sleep, movement. Well, I don't want to put words in your mouth, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe I'll sort of preface this a little bit. So before we turn the the mic, uh, the recording button on, I mentioned to you that I've been following Mark Sisson since college. And so 2003 is when I really started to, to read Mark's Daily Apple every single morning big ass salads and stand up paddle boards and long walks and um whole foods etc there there are some general tenets and if everybody did this everybody would see results maybe walk us into because again the, con- the 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 context for for this specific conversation is if you are already a health enthusiast then perhaps getting your certification may open up your life to be of service and make great money and get the resources that you need to run a business. So what, what can people, what are some of the tenets of primal health coaching Institute certification that, that are across the board, basic fundamentals? Right. So from a nutritional point of view, I I stated it an omnivorous nutrient dense whole food diet, ideally of local in season foods. But we're going to teach you because bizarrely, we have to actually make this argument that this nutritional starting place makes sense. (laughs) I think when I explain it that way, everybody is like, well, yes, of course, you know, yet the minute I say, okay, so we're going to cut out bread and we're going to stop eating sweetened, drinking sweetened beverages, like all hell breaks loose. And it's like, what? So from a nutritional point of view, that's your starting place eat plants and animals, eat whole foods, prioritize nutrient density because that's going to help you with hunger, right? Because the problem with every diet is the minute that you get hungry, that's when the wheels fall off. Yeah. So we need to focus. Yeah, exactly. And so if we can get you to the point where your meals are now doing your job because they have enough protein, plants and animals, so enough protein and fiber and some healthy fats to make it taste good. So your meals are now doing their job. Now you don't need snacks, which is where all the hidden garbage is, to be honest, right? That's where all the wheels fall off to snacking. And then eventually we get to the point where not only do you not need snacks, it's, well, I'm not really hungry at breakfast time. Like, do I need to eat breakfast? Somebody told me that was the most important meal of the day, right? Got to start my metabolism. So now we know, aha, something's working now. The proper hormones are in place now that lets our body know, hey, you know what? Right now we're pretty good. We're running on fat because we just woke up. Our body systems are doing what they need to do. Stuff's starting to get repaired. And I'm feeling pretty good. I've got enough energy. My brain's working really good. I'm going to go for a walk. And then maybe sometime around noon, I'm like, oh, you know, I'm kind of hungry. 
but I'm not ravenous. And so now I can take the time to actually eat either the meal I packed because I packed it with the best of intentions and I'm not ready to gnaw my arm off and my sugar cravings aren't driving me nuts. I didn't need a snack. So I didn't feel like I had to go get the, um, if I'm lucky, a granola bar from the vending machine instead of a piece of candy or donut or, or what have you. Um, and I'm feeling pretty good by the time lunch is done. By the time dinner rolls around, I can enjoy time with my family. I'm not nervous about this stuff. It's just everything. You're no longer a slave to food. So that's kind of the first tenet, this nutrient-dense whole food diet, and ideally getting into an eating pattern that makes sense for you from that standpoint of eat, stop, eat paradigm. From a movement point of view, first of all, most people need to move more. There, there is that segment of the population that's probably overtraining and needs to stop. But the average person, I would even say many of those people that are overtraining need more low level everyday movement. I saw this when with my gym, I would have members that were in every day or five days a week and they saw gains, they saw gains, they were doing really well until they didn't. Then they hit this plateau and they're frustrated that they're not getting stronger, they're not getting faster. And oh my gosh, now I'm starting to see a belly. What the heck is going on? And I have to have this conversation about what exercise is. It's a stressor that ideally your body then recovers from to get stronger. But if you're never recovering because you're always training, now we run into like diminishing returns. But what's always beneficial is just the ability to get out and walk. Low level movements and everyday movements that our bodies were designed to do. We were designed to walk. We were designed to pick things up. We were designed to pull things. We were designed to maybe put things overhead, a bend and lift, hinge movements, all of these things. So we were meant to just be on our feet and we were not meant to sit down all day. And I'm going to continue to poke fun at CrossFit because I owned a gym for a long time to sit all day and then go on and demand our body go off and do some super heavy deadlifts on top of then a Metcon with probably more deadlifts based on how CrossFit tends to program a bunch of box jumps when you're already tired and fatigued, right? And then you're throwing something else in there that tears the crap out of your hands. And boy, that was a good workout. And boy, I sweated. And maybe I'm wearing a watch and I feel good about myself because I burned all these calories. But then I go and sit down again. And I wonder why my hip flexors are tight or my lower back is tight or my upper, all of this in your shoulders and your neck, because we're now in this, what we call active couch potato syndrome, mm -hmm. where we've earned the right to sit down or we're tired. Our energy systems adjust and tell you to sit the heck down because you just demanded all this of me. And so now we're not walking and we're not doing that low level movement. That's what needs to be prioritized. And then selectively, when you've got the right energy, you've got the right fueling, and you've got the time to get some meaningful high intensity training in, lifting heavy things is a big thing that we focus on. We've got to tell the body that it needs to build and maintain lean muscle. Otherwise, it will not. It takes time. It takes calories. It's expensive to build and it's expensive to hold on to. So we need to send the body the signal that it needs to be there or we will lose it. So that's built in there. And, and you know, look, every once in a while, we got to just like run like our asses on fire, you know, and just let the body know that you've got the ability to do that. If you have to run from a bear, you can. So it makes sense to train for that every once in a while. I like to do it with my girls. We play tag. Right now, I'm still faster than they are. Pretty soon, <laughs> jump with me, right? But 
you know, this find a creative way to do it and make it fun. And the other thing when it comes to movement is just play. You know, you do things that you enjoy doing and that you like, for me, it's stand up paddle paddling as well. I love doing that kind of thing. For my son, it's basketball, you know, just a day and playing a pickup game. He's like a whole new guy, you know, uh, for my husband, he's trying to learn how to surf. It's very frustrating for him, but he has a blast when he's out there doing it. So play counts. And so that's great, like the, the food and the movement. But then we have these other aspects of our everyday lives that get overlooked, especially in today's society and what we sort of value in terms of um, somebody's contribution, I guess. And so stress is a big trigger for a lot of people. Our lifestyles, generally speaking, are overly stressful in terms of just that chronic low drip stress. And it wreaks havoc on our ability to make good food choices, the energy levels we need in order to keep moving, our ability to fall asleep. Um, and so getting that dialed in and learning how to sort of overcome that if these are stressors that we can't get rid of or just getting better at saying no and doing a stress audit and getting rid of all that stuff. But we really teach you the biochemistry involved in what's happening in that stress response. The other real aspect too is that circadian rhythm biology. We don't go to bed when it's dark and wake up when it's light anymore. And there's like a real science to this. And it's not just light, it's temperature. It's when we eat and all of these signals. There's something that you said, you mentioned Peter Atia, and I think both him and Dr. Hyman have both said the human body is just responding to the data it's given. What you eat, how you move, how you sleep, the stress you're under, how much time you spend outside, how much time you spent with, all of this is data that the body is given and it's expressing itself accordingly. So a big chunk of our course, our program is helping you understand the inner, first of all, how those mechanisms work independently, but then how they work interdependently with each other and then what to do about it. And that's just one pillar. Hmm. There's three pillars that make up our full certification. We teach coaching, obviously. Psychology is a big part of this. And so we really dive into understanding behavior change, the psychology of change, human motivation, understanding a client's why, and how to learn how to tap into that. And, and the value of what we call a client-led relationship. This is a big difference between being a coach and a trainer or a coach and a doctor, or a coach and some other expert. Yes, we're an expert in our field, but our client is an expert in their body, their lifestyle, their preferences, their history. And we both need to bring our expertise to the table in order to advance them forward. So we spend a lot of time in that pillar, really talking about the psychology, but also the structure of the coaching relationship and what a coaching program should kind of look and feel like. And then the last pillar is something that you mentioned in terms of like differentiators is how do you take everything you just learned with us, but then to your listeners, everything that you've learned on this podcast, every book you've read, every rabbit hole you've gone down, your own personal experience and how you overcame, all of that has value to somebody coming up behind you. How do you take that and build it into a deliverable, something you can deliver, a product of some kind that solves a problem for somebody? People spend money on solutions to a problem. They don't spend money on health coaching. They might spend money on a personal trainer, but they're spending money on a personal trainer because they think that personal trainer is a solution to their problem. 
you've got to make the case that your health coaching program or whatever product you're selling is a solution to their problem and they're willing to pay for it. Now you have a business and we teach you how to set that up. That's not easy to, no. I mean, my, you know, speaking from experience, having gone through a sort of generalized life coaching certification years and years and years ago, and then have, having zero guidance on how to set up a business, how to create a personal brand, how to manage a PL, how to write concisely and, and present your services to uh, to people who need it, that's a really, really hard thing to do. And so when when we were first talking and, you know, I came to understand that you're teaching people how to run a business, that I think is the like the like potentially the most important part of this because then it's just knowledge. It's just theoretical knowledge. You're great at getting people fit and happy and healthy and rested to be their best selves, opt, creating optimal performers. But if you have no idea how to run a business, if you have, if you don't have quality systems to replicate, to take inbound leads, to convert them to clients, if you, if you have zero idea on how to do that, then you're in big trouble and you just have all this knowledge that you don't know what to do with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I want to go, go back to something that you mentioned about saying no, <laughs> because uh, that that's a big deal for so many people. And, and so if you could just maybe elaborate a little bit on the art of saying no so that you so that you you yourself can say no powerfully and and create better boundaries for yourself but but maybe even a little bit on on the process of of teaching others coaching others to say no uh, i think that that's i think it's really poignant oh, oh my gosh it's so especially for people like me who are moms that are natural moms. caregivers, right? But Absolutely. I know a lot of men who are in this camp too. They, they're just natural caregivers or they're natural leaders, right? And so they think their role as a leader is to take on more and to take on more. The problem is, is we end up then deprioritizing what we need in order to be a good leader or be a good mom. And so the art of saying no gets is rooted in being very, very clear on what your priorities are. And so this is an exercise I will walk my clients through when I hear, I don't have time to uh -huh. insert healthy behavior. Uh -huh. I don't have time to cook a meal, right? These are the people that eat out all the time. I don't have time to work out. I don't have time to take a walk. So it's okay. There are 24 hours in a day. Let's go through your day. And inevitably from, and again, you don't have to do this stuff every day. I'm just asking you to do it once <laughs> and then yeah. maybe twice and then maybe three times a week, right? We've got to build this up. It's not an all or nothing game, but if you are so full that there's not room for the one thing you need to prioritize, which is your health, because if you, this, I mean, this is a very personal thing for me. Because what led me to health coaching was that I ran myself to the nub. You know, I was working 60 hours a week or more in finance. I was on the road every single day. I was a single mom trying to raise my two kids in a career that was mostly male dominated. And I had a certain image and a certain chip on my shoulder and I drove myself into the ground. But I was also... I wasn't head of the PTA or anything like that, but I was this mom and I felt like I needed to be present for my kids. I had all this single mom guilt because I divorced their dad, you know, but at the end of the day, 
when I realized I, this was, I was about 38 at the time and I was on, I don't know, 12 different medicines and I was just barely getting by. Mm. I still had symptoms. I was a mess. And I, it finally hit me. What's going to happen to my kids if I can't work? What's going to happen to my kids if I can't be at the soccer game because I'm too sick? Like it finally hit me. And so when you get really clear on your priorities, my priority is always my family. And what it hit me was my biggest fear is ever being a burden to my children. And anyway, I know at some point I'm going to hit an age where someone's going to need to take care of me, but I'm hoping that's in my nineties or, or longer, right. Or even better. I live long, dropped it. Right. But at some point right now, that's my biggest fear. So my driving motivator of saying no is I need to be able to fit in all these other things first. It's about um, that old adage of putting in the big rocks into the container first. You make sure you can fit all those big rocks in first. Then you can put in the smaller rocks, the gravel. Then you can put in the tiny little pebbles. Then maybe you can add in the sand and then you're full. But you've got to get those big rocks full. So if you have to say, I don't have time to cook a nutritious meal for my family, or I don't have time to give myself a 30 minute walk. So A, I can get some movement. B, I can spend some time out in nature. C, I've got time to maybe just meditate, whatever the case may be. You're just prioritizing something else. So let's go through your day. Let's go through your week. Find out the things that you can say no to. You might not want to, you might feel bad, but you've got to put your priorities first or you are not going to be good to anybody. And don't take on anything new until you're willing to ditch something old. Ooh, that's a big one. Say that one again, please. Yes. Don't take on something new until you're willing to ditch something old. Mm -hmm. Rather than adding one. Everybody's got to hear that. Everybody's got to listen to that. Go back, listen to it again. Just rewind 15 seconds and listen to it over and over and over. Especially the Western world. We we take on so much and then we are surprised when we're burnt out. And in order to make time for the things that really matter, you have to let go of stuff. Maybe you have to let go of Netflix. Maybe you have to let go of sugar. Maybe you have to let go of self-limiting beliefs. Maybe you have to let go of your drinking buddies. Maybe you have to let go of going out to dinner as frequently as you do, but you, you have to let go of those practices that are no longer serving you to be the person that you want to be. And it's different for everybody. You know, it's, it, it, it really does vary person to person, but that's such a huge thing. And, and, you know, it's a theme recurring in this podcast is that oftentimes we have to start with omission. Yeah. We have to start by quitting things, right? If you, if you quit sugar, and screens after 10 p.m., your whole life would change. I mean, your life would change if you quit sugar and stopped watching Suits after 10 o'clock on Netflix. Your your whole life would change. And I and I don't think that people really understand the profundity of of removing things from your life and lifestyle to make room for other things. So I'm really glad that you said that. That's huge. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition, I'm curious about 
what the certification process looks like in terms of my sort of core interests, like um, supplementation, vitamins, biohacking, stuff like that. Like, like how far into, you know, vitamins and supplements or, or even, you know, cold immersion therapy, like sort of biohackery stuff. How, how much does it get into that? Our main certification, not that much. Um, our main certification is really more about restoring what's missing. Um, so from the standpoint of sort of, of like supplementation, there is um, a list of supplements that most people living in an industrialized Western world that have been eating a standard American diet for decades are likely deficient in. Uh, they likely need. And so we'll we'll move into that. We don't really get into supplementation for stuff that's beyond that, not in this certification. We'll get into that in some of the other areas, particularly in um, like we have a specialty course called the human intestinal microbiome, where people have some real kind of gut dysbiosis and things going on there that we that are going to require some pretty specialized supplementation in order to add in what they call ketone species that can create bacteria sins that actually kill off the bad bacteria. And so there's a defined set of those species and kind of what that looks like, as well as certain foods that, so we, we get into some real specifics there, but in our main certification, Mark's been a big believer that for the 80% of the population, maybe more, needs to fix the hardware first. They need to get the basics right. And then from there, we can layer on more of those other things, but it's not really addressed in this particular course. We do address intermittent fasting. We do address things like hormetic stressors, so cold plunges, saunas, things like that. Um, and that's taught later in the course in the, we've taken care of the food, we've taken care of the movement, we've talked about the sleep, we've talked what else, um, and it gets added in there. But I wouldn't call it a biohacker course that's something we're considering we've got three new courses in addition to the nine we have now that we're looking to roll out next year and so that's we get a lot of people that are drawn from the buyer hacker crowd as well um because they know where most of their clients they got to start with the basics first there are people that are interested in biohacking that are still eating trash they're just looking yeah. for a way to out supplement their way from yeah. the garbage, right? They just, you know, I would get this from a lot of my old colleagues in the finance world, the people that had my job that were on the road all the time, the eating out all the time, drinking a lot, not getting enough sleep. And we're like, what can I take to give me more energy? And then I'm like, well, are you sleeping? <sighs> no, I don't sleep well. Okay, let's peel back that onion. Why do you think you're not sleeping well? Tell me a little bit about your nighttime habits. What do you do first thing in the morning? How close are you eating before bed? What are you eating before bed? What are you eating for? Right. So we got to get to the root of that first mm -hmm. before I'm ever going to say, okay, and then if you need something to create more energy or what that does, here's what I find, Sean. Once we clear all that up, then a lot of stuff falls away. And then the stuff that's still lingering, then we're like, okay. I still have brain fog. As an example, what else might that be? Are you reacting to something um, are in terms of just inflammation and what else might we need to do? Is this an opportunity to add in some sort of supplementation in addition to maybe unwinding some foods that might be inflammatory for you or you're reacting to something in your environment and do we need to train that stuff out? 
is it like my husband, for example, speaking of biohacking, a cold plunge solves all the problems, literally all of them. All he needs to do is go sit in a tub full of ice for three minutes. Life is instantly better for him, but he lives with me. So he eats a primally aligned diet. We do team workouts together. Let's go, babe. You're working out with me because otherwise he's going to sit on the couch and watch football in the red zone. He's got like three mm -hmm. fantasy leagues, right? So, so he's got the basics dialed in and he still has some of these issues. Um, and a cold plunge will do it for him. He has a lot of these other supplements he was playing with. He was like, I don't, I don't even need them now. So we, you know, we can tinker with that kind of stuff, but the main certification doesn't dive too deeply into that. Thank you for that. Mm -hmm. If you could paint a picture, I guess the general question here is who is the certification really for? Like maybe, maybe again, listeners to this podcast who've been listening for years and, and the range of topics that I've touched on over the years from carnivore to, I mean, I don't, I don't want to list them all, but there's, it's such a wide, wide area of, of, of focus when it comes to optimal performance. So people are going to be very aware. Um, I don't know what their person, you know, what everybody's personal practices are, but they're, they're definitely engaged and interested and, and healthy, optimistic, energetic people. So who, as the you know uh, head of admissions for for the certification, um, who who are you targeting? Who do you really want to speak to? Who, which person is is like this close to committing to a certification process? Can you just explain who that who that person is that you're you're really trying yeah. to talk to? From from the standpoint of personal interest, it's almost always people that are in your audience, your wheelhouse. This is the people that have that have a, um, they're super committed to health. So these are people that read nutrition and wellness and optimization books for fun. These are people that listen to podcasts instead of the radio. They're always learning um, and they're always bio tinkering with their own health and wellness. And now they have found that their friends, their family, their coworkers are noticing this and are asking them questions and they're asking them for help. And then they start thinking one of two things, either A, hey, there's something here. What can I do with it? Or B, I would love to be able to help these people, but I don't feel qualified. I don't feel like I know enough. I only know about me. I don't necessarily know if I really understand how to apply what I've learned through my own experimentation to someone else. So they, they are these people, it's really more altruistic. And it's kind of like, if I never make money at this, doesn't matter. It's a personal interest of mine. I've spent more money on whatever vacations, you know, um, and I, it, it was a great time and I have great memories, but this can really teach me something and will allow me to pay it forward. But then typically either that person shifts into this, wow, there's a lot more here. Um, but it's kind of, what else can I do with this? And that was my impetus. I had developed this passion and I was that annoying person that talked about it all the time, whether people wanted to hear about it or not. <laughs> that was me. You know, I look back and I'm like, oh my God, my poor friends and family. So I finally started a blog because I got, I needed an outlet. You know, I needed an outlet for it. My friends and family were sick and tired of listening. I'm like, all right, maybe three people will read it. I started a little blog and it was some followers, not that I had a lot, but some people that had followed it and had read it that brought up, hey, you know what? You should be consider doing something with this. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what? 
what could I possibly do with this? And that's when someone's like, oh, I enrolled in this program. I'm going to become a health coach. I think you'd love it. I didn't even know that was a thing, right? So, so someone that's kind of where I was, you know, once you learn this and you've seen it, you can't unsee it. It's always there. And the more you know, the more you begin to realize what you don't know, a lot of that cockiness goes away and it just becomes curiosity and a genuine desire to help others. So that is the person who's kind of like this close. The next big question is like, well, what am I going to do with it? You know, and is the cost in terms of both money and time worth the investment on the other end? And the question is, well, let's discover what that is for you. What will you need to see in terms of outcome to make it worth it? And for some people, it's, hey, if I can help one person, it's worth it. For other people, it's, if I can earn an income doing this, I'm all over this. Can you show me how? Yeah, as a matter of fact, our program does exactly that. And we do have a lot of people who never want to do anything more than part-time. They kind of like their day job or they don't want the, I don't know, I guess the stress of needing this income and side hustle and they're thrilled. And then there's others that start out that way. I do not recommend unless you've got the financial latitude to just jump ship just leap out of your current career and boom, I'm a health coach. And because I have a landing page, everybody's going to come to me. That does not happen. Okay. Right. So you need to have the financial, I guess, support to do something like that. Most people don't have it. So most people are building this on the side while they're holding down a full-time job. And then eventually you begin to start seeing patterns and evidence that this is viable. And then perhaps you go part-time, if not with your current employer, with another employer where you're doing it part-time. Or here's what we're seeing now is there's tons of part-time health coaching positions that if you can get, I don't know, 20 um, hours a week at 30 bucks an hour, that's enough to compensate for what's missing in what you're earning in your part-time health coaching. And then eventually you make that transition. In my case, that was my gym. That's the purpose mm -hmm. that my gym solved. Uh, but we can get you there and it's definitely viable and it doesn't have to be starting your own business. There are, at last check, I don't know, 8,000 health coaching positions available at any one time. Wow. Wow. That's a lot. It's a lot. And look, they're not all going to be relevant to you. You know, it could be a position on location in Denver, but you live in San Francisco, all right, that, that role doesn't apply to you. Or maybe they want you to be a nurse as well, and you're not a nurse. Okay, that, that position doesn't apply to you. Um, some of them are full-time salaried positions. A lot of them are contracted hourly positions. Most of them, there's a big chunk that you can do from home that you don't have to be like. So for those of you that decide to go that role, and you're just kind of like, I don't know if entrepreneurship's for me. It doesn't have to be. At least not right now. You can you can give give that a try, coaching and working for somebody else. And many people have done that and been really happy. And other people have gone that road and we're like, yeah, okay, that's not the road I want. But you've got a lot of coaching experience now, and now you've got a lot of confidence on what you would do differently to get out and kind of start your own business. We've seen a lot of different paths that people have taken. Oh, that's cool. I think that's important to 
remind people that there there's so many different ways to do this there's you know there's there are, there's different positions there's different pathways and you know you know like my friend Josh Holland the certified prim, uh, certified primal health coach and personal trainer to the stars who is an also who is also a biohacker and freaking mm-hmm. stud you know like he did it to enhance his personal training you know yeah. and obviously a fit person obviously knows a lot about nutrition, but, but to get that certification to then apply that to that knowledge to some of his clients or maybe even all of his clients, I think is, is key. Well, what's the split between male, female, um, as far as certifications? In our world, it's pretty even, you know, Mark Sisson's our founder and the guy's 70 years old and he's jacked, right? Um, and he's living the life. And so we get a lot of men that are attracted to, you know, whatever he's teaching, I want to learn. So in our program, we've got a pretty even split of men to women. That's not necessarily the case, broadly speaking. I think if you were to ask other schools, they would tell you it's by and large women, probably an 80-20 split, women to men. Um, I think that's starting to shift. I, I do think we're seeing more men realize um you know the dad bod's not cool <laughs> you know what, and what is why would that i don't where, where did that even come from what know. how did that be because leo like, dicaprio like, now has a dad bod and i guess he made it cool i don't know i don't know i don't know i don't that always just uh, maybe it's the, you know, um, healthy at any size propaganda piece that I never got that. It's like, really? Like, really? Is a giant pot belly sexier than abs? Like, come on, you guys. When I saw that come out, and obviously I was triggered a little bit because when the, the dirt, when the, when the term dad bod came out i certainly had one i had two small kids at home i was stressed i was running businesses i was tired and 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 soft in the midsection so i was like oh hey cool i guess chicks dig it you know maybe my wife likes me more of the pot it's like come on it's just i i imagine that there are a number of sort of conventional myths and bullcrap that come to light during the course of the certification process. All of these tropes and cultural norms. You know, oh, yeah. Liz, Lizzo's not healthy, everyone. Lizzo is not a healthy person. She's unhealthy. She is a diabetes risk. She is a heart attack risk. So let's stop pretending that she's fit. Like she's a great flautist. She can move, she can sing, but she's not a healthy person. And I and I and, I, and I'm sick of pretending that she is. I don't know. Don't no, there's myself. there's a lot, I think, in today's society that we're supposed to pretend is true that's not true but you know some 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 conventional myths that we debunk is the whole calories in calories out paradigm um so look is it true that if you are if you are not consuming enough calories to support your energy needs that you'll lose weight yeah that's true in a vacuum but there are so many other confounding factors that first of all, make that hard to do and quantify properly. Um, And there's also things that make it untrue. The number of women that I have seen unable to lose weight on 1200 calories a day or less Mm -hmm. is astounding. But it's because they've been doing it for so long, their thyroid has now stepped in and said, stop it. 
stop it. And it's slowed their metabolism down so much. We now have to reverse diet. We now have to eat more in order to get their metabolism to reset. And quite frankly, if you're trying to solve this by, I mean, it quite, this is what actually got me sick. I was meticulous at balancing my calories versus what I was expending. There's no way to actually quantify this properly. I'm sorry, protein calories are not the same as rice or sugar, not only just in terms of nutrient value and satiety, but in terms of what our body actually absorbs, how it's used and, and, and whether it's used for energy purposes, meaning we consumed too much energy and now it's floating around in there. I got to do something with it. It's different. Same thing with fiber. Fiber calories are, they're processed differently. There's, so it's the calories in, calories out, the calculator things are not accurate. So what you're actually consuming and what you're actually burning, no, neither one of those numbers are really all that accurate. Can they get kind of close? Can they be directionally accurate? Yeah, and I, I think for some people, the exercise of spending some time tracking your food and understanding where your calories are coming from and where your macronutrients are, that's a useful exercise. But using it to try to get super, super granular and super accurate and down to a science, hmm. they don't work very well. They're not 100% accurate. They're just not. Um, we also get into debunking the whole myth that if you just move more, the exercise is somehow a good mechanism for weight loss doesn't happen that way. Your body has a way to mess around with your energy systems to actually just slow your metabolism down. <laughs> You're not eating enough. Like your, our bodies are a, more of like a barometer than it is a calculator. Mm. It's not really a thermometer. Oh, this is what the temperature is. Here's what it, it's not entirely like that. It's got these other mechanisms that it will adjust in order for it to find homeostasis. If you think about it that way, the body is always looking to achieve homeostasis in whatever environment it's in, and it will pull whatever lever and whatever triggers it needs to, to achieve that. Your body's really smart and you can't outsmart it. Mm -hmm. And so just exercising your way out of a crappy diet or just exercising more doesn't work because we find people with couch potato syndrome, right? They just lay around more because they got their workout in or they eat more because by the way, your body's going to tell you you're hungry now and you need to eat more. So it's not a good mechanism. I tell all my clients, fat loss is going to happen in the kitchen and then muscle gain and bone density and foundational movement habits. All of that happens in the gym. They're both needed, but they do different things. Hmm. And we dig nice. pretty deeply into the science to kind of debunk that entire mindset. That's a really important point. Uh, and I think that maybe people kind of understand that, but it, I think it's really important to, to be reminded of that dynamic because that is so true. You, you, you can't out, you can't exercise your way out of a bad diet and fat loss. Yeah. That, that, again, go back 15 seconds, listen to that again, and just remind yourself um, what, what did we not cover that you think as we kind of, you know, head toward the, toward the end of this conversation, what did we not cover that you think is really important that people know about Primal Health Coach Institute certification? Yeah. 
Um, I think the biggest thing to take away is we're not just an online cert. We don't just graduate you and be like, awesome job. Good luck with that. You know, it isn't, our main certification is a remote adult learning self-directed program, but we offer multiple live webinars every single month. We want you to engage with the staff. We want you to ask questions. We want you to feel as though you're part of a school and part of a student body. So while you're a student, we have these webinars, but those webinars go on into perpetuity and the topics change. So sometimes they're really more relevant to our graduates than they are students. But we run these ongoing webinars because we want our students and our graduates to remain engaged with us and continue their education and feel as though that they've truly invested in their own career path and their own knowledge and not just this certificate that they took once. We update our own curriculum. Probably every year we've updated it. It's not just this cert that we built seven years ago. Our, our certification has been updated probably five or six times in the last seven years. And you have lifetime access to the whole thing. So it's not as though you lose access when you graduate. Good luck. Um, you maintain access and you have access to the most current form every single year. And then you have these ongoing webinars. We've got a student support staff that's there to help you. It's not like you're a person on an island and your only lifeline is a Facebook page of other students that don't know the answer either. We do have a Facebook page, but our staff is in there and we have a support staff that's there to help you. Um, we also have a graduate support staff. After graduation, you're going to get a call from Chloe that's like, hey, I'm here. What's the next step for you? What do you need me to help hold you accountable to? And again, we, we have our own podcast that originally we launched for our students that we decided to just be like, this should be available to all health coaches because that's really the realm we're in. We have a suite of ongoing continuing education courses that are optional. You don't have to take them. We don't have these required CEUs. And oh, by the way, the only things approved are our own courses. It's not like that. We, we do hold you accountable to the current curriculum that you already bought. Every two years, you got to take a test. We want to make sure you're still proficient. That's like 99 bucks or something for that. But we don't require that you buy our other courses, but they're there for those that want it. And we're always looking for new avenues. And our newest pivot is looking for ways to actually employ our own coaches when we can. We're looking to enter into the corporate wellness space and direct-to-consumer space to kind of create a space to actually hire our own health coaches. And we want to help make introductions for people that have graduated from our program to employers that are looking to hire our health coaches. So we're looking to make this not just an online course, but almost like a trade school that actually allows people to go on and build a career. We don't just graduate you and our work is done here. That's, That's the biggest takeaway. And again, another big differentiator. That's big. That's big. And again, if it has, if it's not clear by now, it, this could be the thing for you, dear listener. This could be the thing. This could be the alignment with the things that you already love to do, the things you're already good at, you're already informed on, you've got the energy for, and you're looking to add something, uh, you know, a bit of passion that, that will empower you with business tools to maybe pivot into another industry or create a, you know, nourishing and helpful side gig, the coach on the weekends or whatever. I just think it's, it's such a cool platform. Um, yeah, yeah, it's so great. And yeah. Look, and it's it's even if people are like, eh, I don't see myself being a coach. We we have people that have earned our certification that are they're content creators. 
you know, mm. and they earn all of their money because their content has attracted advertisers or they um, have enough followers and they've got affiliate marketing relationships where they earn commissions on things. And that's what they do. They We have another graduate that graduated, took another course here or there, got really good at this one thing and built a whole course that other health coaches buy. And he trains other health coaches how to do his thing. Um, I just got off a podcast that we just interviewed one of our own graduates who started his podcast and he's a personal trainer. It's same story, right? Personal trainer wanted to add nutrition, took our course. Now he wrote a book, right? So for some people, it doesn't necessarily, it's whatever you want to do. Would you like to be the next Sean McCormick? But I feel like I need a credential behind my name before I go to market as a health coach and put myself out there as an expert. That could be a good reason to go and find a school Perhaps it's ours that aligns with your own philosophy that's going to give you that sort of credential and likely teach you something would be my guess. Awesome. I love that. Uh, where can people go? I will have previewed this before and, you know, explain to people the special offer and all that stuff. But if people are just like real quick on their phone, they want to go more, uh, go learn more. Where would you send them on the internet? Yeah, just go to our webpage. It's just primalhealthcoach.com. We have social media. We've got a, a great YouTube channel that we're continuing to build out. Again, YouTube, just Google Primal Health Coach Institute. We're on Instagram, Facebook, all of that. But our website is where you can find everything. Um, who we are and what we stand for and who our founder is, is our, our team is on there. Um, every program that we offer, which by the way, maybe you don't want the full certification, but you're interested in one of the specialty courses. That's cool. All of our programs are on there. We've got our learn tab where you can find our podcast, our blog, all of the webinars that we do, many of which are available to the public. You can just sit down and for free, take a look at some of our, the webinars that we've done. So we're interested in educating everybody and we're hoping that the people that it resonates with come and join us. So well, primalhealthcoach.com. I can I can attest to it, and you know I've I've been I've been focused on fitness and nutrition and lifestyle and performance for years and years and years, and the the wisdom, information, tactics, pillars that have come out of the sort of primal paradigm um, to me are have the have the most substantiation. They're the most effective. They are they've helped me immensely. You know just again, just dipping in, learning something, applying it and seeing how it works for me has been so effective. So if this, again, listen to the call, this might be it. This might be it for you, dear listener, to go to go do some exploration and learn a little bit more and, and, and maybe create something that you absolutely love to do in your life. Um, I, I ask the same fill in the blank question to every single podcast uh, guest that I've had hundreds of times. Um, and this can be based on anything in, in your history or your story or, or your own unique wisdom. Um, and you can elaborate as much or as little as you wish, but please fill in the blank. Everyone would benefit from knowing. Everyone would benefit from knowing. Okay. I think everyone would benefit from knowing what they need right now in the moment and to focus on the moment rather than always worrying about the future. It's one thing I've learned from myself. Most of my stress comes from stuff I don't even know. 
right? It's everything that's next and so on. And I've learned so much and it's done so much more for me in making better food choices. What do I need right now? And listening to my body and my brain and my psyche and my spirit, what do I need right now? Benefit of knowing that and getting clear right now, what's going to be the biggest thing for me has made a world of difference. I love that. I love that. Very Zen of you. Very mindful. Wonderful. Laura, thank you for joining me today on the Optimal Performance Podcast. Thanks for having me, Sean. It was great.